Welcome to episode 48 of Mike's Notes today, Inversion. Charlie Munger talks a lot about what inversion is, what it means, and why it's important. Other value-investing disciples like Seth Klarman also talk about inversion. And from what I understand, the idea is to understand something forwards and backwards, to see it from two sides, to see it from beginning and end. Like a lot of things in life, once I get some examples, once I start to think about something and put it to a test or see how it's worked, I start to understand it better. And I think that's the case with inversion. John Boyd once said, if you want to understand something, take it to the extremes or examine its opposites. And that's inversion. The thing that got me thinking about this was I re-listened to Morgan Housel's interview with Patrick O'Shaughnessy on the Invest Like the Best podcast. And in that episode, Housel said that you have to both control costs and earn enough if you want to become wealthy. And Housel's point was that too often we underestimate how valuable controlling costs are. He says he knows a lot of people who have modest incomes that have become wealthy because they save more than they spend. He points out that even if you're Bill Gates, if you spent that much money, you would still not be wealthy if your expenses exceeded your income. So we can invert the question about how to become wealthy and we can say that there's two ways. You have to earn enough or you have to save enough. One of my favorite examples of this from the internet is Mr. Money Mustache. If you don't follow his blog, I highly recommend it. But Mr. Money Mustache has taken this principle of inversion and solved both sides of it. He had a great job as a software engineer, so he took care of the income side of it. And then he saved a lot of money through some really simple and repeatable principles that anyone can apply. So Mr. Money Mustache inverted the question about how to become wealthy and solve both sides. On his podcast, Jocko Willink likes to talk about the direct and the indirect approach. And the direct approach is just what it sounds like. It's when you go up to someone and you ask for something, or you go up to someone and you tell them to do something, or you face something head on. The indirect approach is sort of like planting the seeds. It's uh, going about something indirectly. It's going about something uh, using time to your advantage rather than your initial effort. That's an inversion example too, because you can uh, you can take the direct approach and you can go up to your spouse or your kids and say, do this, or you can take the indirect approach and you can say, uh, wouldn't it be nice if this happened? Or uh, I'm going to do this and so you'll have to take care of it for yourselves. Right now, my older daughter's eight years old, and we're having a little bit of trouble about getting her to do things. And part of the problem is that I've only tried the direct approach. I've only been telling her, you need to do this, and you need to do this now. And I'm not giving her any chances to own that. I'm not even trying the indirect approach to solve this problem to get her to do things. That's a technique that I can definitely work on more. And it's an example of inverting the question about how do I get my daughter to do these things. Another example I've seen about the idea of inversion is in Seth Klarman's book, Margin of Safety. One chapter Klarman devotes mostly to the junk bonds of the 1980s, and he points out that the junk bonds of the 1980s were mostly sold on stories and ideas and less so on numbers. So we have two ways to look at a problem. We have the qualitative approach and we have the quantitative approach. So we can invert the question if we're getting too much information from one of those two places. 
So if we have a situation like the junk bond sales of the 1980s, and we're just hearing about how it's good for small business or why this is going to help a company, and we keep hearing these stories, we can invert it and say, okay, forget the stories. What do the numbers say? And conversely, if we're only hearing about the numbers in a certain situation, we can invert that and ask, what are the stories? Does this make sense if I put it all together? To do or not to do, both are valuable. And both have a role in our lives because in different situations, different courses of action are going to suit us better. I gave that example with my daughter about I've been trying to pull her along behind me when instead I need to nudge her to do things on her own. In my short ebook about Bill Belichick and how he succeeded as a football coach, I noted that Bill Belichick inverts really well. And he does this because he understands what a successful defense does and he understands what a successful offense does. So if the idea is to have a successful football team, much like If the idea is, how do I become wealthy? We have two ways to approach this. We have one direction. We have the opposite direction. We have earn a lot versus save a lot. We have have a good offense versus have a good defense. And because Belichick grew up, studying the defensive side of the ball. And then his early, the early part of his career, he was focused on the offensive side of the ball. He sees both directions. In the same way that Mr. Money Mustache can make a lot of money but also save a lot of money, Bill Belichick succeeds because he can coach the offense well and he can coach the defense well. Another way we can apply this idea of inversion or opposites or taking something to the extreme is to ask, what will destroy us? What will blow us up? What bad thing can really happen? Monish Pabra, in a lecture that he gave that's available on YouTube, said that Coca-Cola succeeded really well because they asked, what would it take to destroy the Coca-Cola brand? And let's not let those things uh, happen. So Coca-Cola early on would give out all kinds of signage and they would give away red coolers and red umbrellas and red tables and chairs and everything to all of the vendors because that established the Coca-Cola brand. That helped them create this brand identity that they wouldn't be able to lose. Early on, there were a lot of colas. There was Coca-Cola, there was Sassafras Cola, there was uh, all these colas that came out of this patent medicine craze of the early part of the 1900s. And Coca-Cola succeed because, because they sued people. They let no one else have the words Coca or Cola, even if those were ingredients in other people's drinks. Coca-Cola Um, got that name because of the ingredients, but they didn't let anyone else have those ingredients. And they fought really hard to establish those things because Coca-Cola knew whether explicitly or implicitly, if they let other people infringe on the brand, then that would degrade their competitive advantage. Many years ago, when I got my first car, I thought it was great. I thought it was all mine, and I thought it was a really unique car. But once I started driving this car, I realized that this car was everywhere. And this is the idea of availability. Once you... um, have something on your mind, or once you recognize something, or once you take ownership of something, you can start to identify those things over and over again. It wasn't that I was the only one that had this car, but I had never noticed how many people had this car before I did. 
Hopefully this podcast episode about inversion and these different examples help you think about using inversion for your own decision-making process in your own life, whether that's in business or in relationships or with your family or whatever situation that you are uh, having to deal with. Inversion can help that. You can ask, how will I succeed? And then you can ask, how will I fail? And that gives you two paths of options to approach your problem with. You can say, I will do it this way. And then you can think of the opposite of what this way is and also go about doing things that way. As the saying goes, there's many ways to skin a cat and there's many ways to invert the problem. But you have to start thinking that way. You have to think in terms of inversion. You have to be able and willing to try different things and note or record or think about how they work and realize if that's a better tactic or not. I am going to try inversion with my older daughter, and see how it goes. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mike's Notes.